welcome to another episode of Real Estate Chat with Nat. Oh, it's going to be a good episode today. Um, today is part two on my adventures of starting an Airbnb. And boy, do I have a lot to catch you up on. So the last time that I recorded, uh, we hadn't yet closed. And we were just about to close on the cottage. But as per usual, especially with real estate, nothing all goes according to plan. So, I mean, sometimes it does go according to plan, but I just find that in my own personal uh, transactions, there's always something that comes up. And I was lucky enough to have the most complicated real estate closing <laughs> that I've ever been part of um, in my career, which says a lot because I've been through a lot of deals and I've had a lot of weird things happen. But when it came to taking on my cottage purchase, it was it was an ordeal. I'm not gonna lie. It was uh it was pretty crazy. So I will, you know, explain everything that happened and I'll explain what I did on my part and just um fill you in on some of the craziness. But before taking on this purchase, um, because it's a waterfront property. I wanted to do my own due diligence, okay? So when you're a realtor in suburbs and a realtor in the city, you're often cautioned against taking on things that are like waterfront properties because they're complicated and they absolutely are. But the way I look at things is nothing can't be learned. Like, I guess a simpler way to say that is just everything can be learned. It's just a matter of do you want to take that time? Do you want to take that... Um, extra level of learning to make sure you actually learn it. And I mean, when you're new at anything, no matter how much knowledge you have, mistakes can always be made. So because I'm an experienced broker, I mean, like this is my ninth year in real estate, which I know for some people who are like 30 years, 50 years in the business, great. But like nine years, like, you know, being a platinum club uh, realtor, you're doing a lot of deals and you're working with a lot of people. So I guess I just felt really confident that I could learn what I needed to. And honestly, I'm really glad I did decide to um, represent myself. I think that I took it on um, with confidence and strength. And in the end, I, I was really glad that it was me because I'm not going to lie, like I'm sure anybody else in their profession is a bit of a control freak <laughs> when it comes to like their own job. Like I have a client right now who is an anesthesiologist and we talked about like his wife's birth story and be when you're a doctor, I guess you can't operate or like work on family. So, you know, the amount of nerves he had and just the, just the, you know, desire to like do everything yourself when you're a professional, I'm sure came through for him. But for me, like I definitely felt that like I was like, I got to do this for myself. Like I need to know everything about this deal okay so anyways so i just feel like we're very much like cautioned against waterfront properties because they're the most complicated deal as far as what i've experienced um so before i decided to represent myself i did what i would do for any of my clients and i took a waterfront properties course and i have to say that it was extremely informative it was very helpful during this process. If any agent out there is listening and they're thinking about representing themselves in a waterfront property, I would highly recommend you taking a course like this before venturing into waterfront deals. Uh, sure, you can like 
you can hire another agent to work with you. You can refer your deal out to like a local agent. That's 100% like going to save you that time. But don't go in blind. Like don't go in without having done a little extra to make sure you understand what you're doing. Because for us, like we live in a suburb that borders other suburbs that are on septic and well. So we have done well and septic deals. So for me, like that wasn't a scary, you know, new thing. But when it comes to waterfront, like we don't have any waterfront here. The closest waterfront we have is Oakville. And I mean, Oakville waterfront is beautiful. I wish I was doing Oakville waterfront homes. I have not got one of those beautiful homes um, yet, but I'm not doing a lot of waterfront. You know what I'm saying? So definitely uh, was out of my expertise. And if it's out of yours, just do what you got to do to make sure that you have that due diligence. Okay. So our course was offered through our local real estate board, the Toronto real estate board, and it was really good. It went over some of like really important things you need to know. And like, we have to do update courses, which I think a lot of people, including myself will take and listen to, but not necessarily like take notes, like you're in like university again, (laughs) or like, take notes and like try and memorize everything as if your life depended on it. So I think going into that course with the um, knowledge that I was already, I was going to use this information really helped me listen and helped me learn as much as I could about waterfront properties. So that's what, that's what I did. And I would highly recommend everybody else decide to do that too. So we're about two week, two weeks away from closing um, and you get to meet with your lawyer and like, you know, give over all your money, which is always terrifying. And like, because of COVID, my experience with like going to the bank, getting all the money, taking it of the accounts, bringing over the draft, honestly, was like hours. It took me hours to do all of this, which usually is a very simple task. But there's lineups. I had Leo for some of the time. Then I had to time it around his nap. So it it just seemed like there were hurdles. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, so I got my deposit check, sent it over to my lawyer, and then it's time to like sign with the lawyer. So when I went to meet with him, or actually he came to meet with us, one thing that I really loved about this cottage was that it was the waterfront was owned, okay? So basically with waterfront cottages in Ontario, you have something called a shoreline road allowance. And this was like created a long time ago in the 1850s to allow public access to the shoreline. So say there was an emergency, if somebody was lost on the waterway or they like tipped their canoe or something, then they could technically legally set up camp at any of the shorelines. So amazing. But now that like water travel is so much less common, there's less need for this. And so the municipalities generally allow people who own the property, it can't be purchased like by your neighbor or something like that. It can only be purchased by the property owner, but they allow them to buy the shoreline. So with the listing, you know, I had checked it. I was like, okay, shoreline owned, check. Like that's amazing. I was a happy camper, pun intended, haha. Um, but I was, I was really glad that the shoreline was owned because basically if it's not owned, um, you don't own up to 66 feet back, which just means that you can't build on it. Like if you want to put in a hot tub, if you want to, you know, make a sandy beach on your shoreline, 
you can't technically do that without owning your shoreline. So I was just really grateful that I didn't have to like deal with that headache because it's a process. Like this process of actually buying the shoreline can take up to over a year because so first you have to make an application. Then you have to have like a surveyor come out and look at the land, give them an idea of how much the shoreline you have. And then they do this equation where they figure out, okay, how much does that land cost? Then you have to have it um, approved by council. Then you have to pay a bunch of fees. And then finally at that point, after like months and months and months and months, they will allow you to purchase the shoreline in most cases. In our case, we would be fine, but you know, I'm sure there's cases out there and that's where, you know, the part that I don't know, um, maybe there are times where you can't buy the shoreline, but from what I've researched, we would be fine. Anyways, glad we don't have to real like deal with that. Happy that it said the shoreline was owned. So when I was sitting with our lawyer, I just said to him, like, can you just like double check that the road line, the road allowance is actually owned because it said that it is on the listing. And he's like, oh, 100%. I'll, I'll like dive into that. I didn't see anything about that, but I'll dive in. I was like, okay, sounds good. And like sometimes these things aren't always like registered right away. So I wasn't too alarmed, um, especially because I was dealing with an agent who was local to the Muskoka region. So I was like, she knows what she's doing. No problem. I know it's going to be fine. <laughs> Right? Right. I'm sure you know where this is going. So uh, when the lawyer did the search, he got back to me. He's like, you know, Natalie, it's strange because it doesn't seem like the um, shoreline is owned. And I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, just get the documents. I'm sure it's just like a document issue. Maybe they didn't like register their purchase or something on title. So, you know, just look into it. So I was like, man, it can never just be easy. But I was like, okay. So I tried to reach the other agent to verify the shoreline situation. And, you know, after some cat and mouse, um, she did tell me that, yes, the shoreline, to her knowledge, was owned. I was like, okay, well, that's weird. Um, I said, could you just ask the sellers for, like, the purchase documents? Because they'll have, obviously all of these steps documented so it's not like they wouldn't know if they purchased it or not so she was like yep no problem i'll ask them for them I'm like okay i'm like according to my class that should have been asked for earlier but you know whatever i'm not gonna be like that so i was like perfect thank you so much appreciate it thanks for looking into that so after um a couple days she got back to me and just said listen i'm sorry there was a mistake made on the listing they don't own the shoreline. So I'm like, okay, we've already agreed to a price. We've already agreed to terms and conditions. Like this has already been signed off on for a value that I thought included the shoreline. So now we have a problem. The shoreline adds value obviously to a property um, because you don't have to go through that whole rigmarole of trying to purchase the shoreline and there's costs associated with purchasing it. So it was just, you know, it was annoying. But our lawyers went to work on just like getting it sorted out. And I have to say that the lawyers that I started working with this year have been really amazing. Um, they've helped a lot of my clients actually this year. And I just find that they really go to bat for you. They produce results. Like I have worked with other uh, lawyers where honestly, like they, they just don't, 
they don't put as much heart in as this law office and so i really appreciate them um it's called msm legal it's not a secret they're great um uh, matthew and sakison are the two that i work with most and melissa and honestly they're just they're really awesome to work with so big shout out to them i highly recommend them um but they yeah so i mean they they got to work just trying to figure out like what are we going to do like what are the repercussions what is the value of this so after we looked into it a little bit further, contacted the city, we found out that, you know, purchasing the shoreline was going to cost us a minimum of $16,000. It's a lot of money, like 16 grand, a lot of money. So I was like, well, at minimum, like that needs to come off the purchase price at minimum. But like, you know, it's hard because the value of the work, like the value that of the land is one thing, but the value it is to not have to deal with the headache of like reaching out to the town and doing all the documents and filling out paperwork. There's no real like number you can associate with that. So we just had to stick with 16,000. So after going back and forth with them, um, like it was weird because first they agreed to just buy the shoreline for us. They're like, don't worry about it. We'll, it was a mistake on our part. We're just going to go through and like buy it for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, amazing, like, yes, yes, please, like, do that, because I don't want to deal with the situation, um, and they're local, so I'm like, why not just do it, so first they said that, then they took it back, and they said, actually, we're not doing that, and we're not giving you anything for it, and I was like, what, excuse me, <laughs> like, you can't just do that, that's not how it works, um, but that's how it was played, so I was obviously getting anxious because I didn't want the closing of the deal to be impacted. Like we're less than a week now away from closing. And all we want to do is be excited about this place. Like we were so excited that it was like rented out until September. Um, we were excited that, you know, it was a turnkey property. Like it's a beautiful property. It looked really like, you know, turnkey. So we were just excited about the whole thing. And I could definitely tell that this situation was just eating away at our excitement like my excitement Matt's excitement because we we're just like well why does it have to be like this like why can't we just play by the rules and everybody just get what they're entitled to you know and but in my experience with deals people generally come to the table on closing day like they'll say okay look it's closing we have unresolved issues let's just sort this out you know like nobody wants closing to be delayed and things to be like in limbo and like our deposit check which was huge is just like sitting with them in their trust account so we're like um like can we like work this out we really don't want to have this issue drag on um but then honestly like so the waterfront was ish one issue and i thought that would be it but like the day before closing they pulled something else that was just like really frustrating so in our contract, like our purchase agreement, I put in a clause that says within a certain amount of days, um, within, uh, I think it was within three business days of an accepted agreement, all contracts will be given to the buyers and they will have a seven day due diligence period to review them all. Any contract that is not included in that seven day period will be um, considered null and void and be like paid out by the sellers. So really like, you know, clear on what happens, what they need to give us, whatever. So the day before closing, um, the agent sends me over another contract 
and they wanted me to assume this contract on closing that was for the property management company. Now, I was well aware there was a property management company and I was excited to like have that and have her working with us because I had never done this before. And so I figured, you know, having a little support in the beginning, having it fully rented would like not make us have to like pay the mortgage the first month. So I was happy to have it rented. I was happy to have the renters. But in this contract, um, it basically gave the property management company all these rights over my property. And there were a bunch of additional fees. So there was like an $1,000 sign-up fee, which like, why? You're already renting it out. Why would I have to pay that? There was like photography, an additional fee. Um, there was like a rental contract uh, or a rental fee of like 20% of our our um, our rental uh, income, which I was like, like all of these fees were adding up really quickly. And my biggest issue was that none of them had caps on it, right? So in it, it entitled the uh, property management company to basically just advertise our property and keep all of the income from our rentals in a trust account. And they would just do the deductions as they saw fit that month um, and then pay us out the extra. And I was like, what? (laughs) So you want me to sign an agreement that gives you full reign, like, you could be taking out like $1,000 Kijiji ads, $1,000 Facebook ads. Like, I don't I don't know because you're not putting any caps on these uh, fees that you can include, right? So I was very confused on why this hadn't been given to me earlier when I had asked for all contracts. I spoke to the property management company just being like, okay, I, uh, the sellers are telling me this is a verbal agreement. Is that the case? Yep, yep, that's the case. Like, where was that contract at? So I was very annoyed, but I was also just confused like how they thought I would agree to this. And like the icing on the cake was in the agreement, it also says that all cleaning fees will be included in um, my rental income deductions. So alluding to the fact that they were not charging an extra cleaning fee. So it was honestly just all of it was was too ridiculous and the fee that they were actually like charging to rent the cottage was lower than what I have seen as market rent. Anyways, all of these things were just like, this is really frustrating, really upsetting and had it been done by the rules, I would have agreed to it. But I was like, there's just, there's just no way. So I sent the rental contract over to my lawyers and we talked about it and honestly the the resolve in the end was just that we can't assume this rental company and I was really disappointed and I know a lot of people were too because people were renting this like it was like their vacation especially during a time like COVID the last thing you want to do is like mess with people's vacations so we were all just really disappointed with this and like my family has rented cottages since I was a baby you know like we've never had a family cottage so I totally understand like the excitement and like wanting to go to the cottage and all of that and so it was really hard to decide to agree to not take the property management company um we did tell them like look if you have renters that do want to still have their weeks we'll honor it but we just we can't sign up for this to this property management company. So 
that was another thing that happened the day before closing. And so we have the waterfront, we have the property management company, our agreement that's all in limbo. And we were just like stressing out. Um, but yeah, that that's that's what was happening. So in the end, um, unfortunately, like our offer to like just honor what they had originally told us with the property management company didn't fly. They were like, no, it's either this contract or nothing. So it was really upsetting and some of the vacations were lost. So we were just, you know, overall, this was very overwhelming. <laughs> Anyways, so by the time closing day came, the other agent and their lawyer were just unresponsive. So they didn't reply to our emails, didn't reply to our calls, like didn't, my lawyer tried to reach out to their lawyer, did not respond, okay? And this is like completely unprofessional, completely shocking because usually on the day of closing, everybody's just trying to get everything worked out. Like they're just like, okay, like how much is it going to cost? Like, you know, what's it going to take? But in this situation, it was just, they were gone. So we were very confused. Uh, I'm guessing that they thought that we were just like bluffing. Like we would just go ahead and close and we wouldn't, you know, ruffle any feathers. And that's kind of what the feeling I had was, um, I ended up calling the agent multiple times, didn't answer her phone. I was like, why are you not answering me? Please answer me. So, um, I did something I've never done before. And I called the other agent's broker of record just to see like, could you please ask this agent to call me? Can you please just like try and work this out with us? And I explained the situation to him because I was like, listen, like this is a big deal. And like, if there are charges and expenses and if there are fees that come as a result of this delay, like we're not just going to take that lightly. Like obviously everybody's going to be included in this mess, still nothing. So I was shocked, uh, but we didn't close. So the next day came, uh, I don't think me and Matt really slept that night because we were just like, I don't know like what to expect. Like, did we buy a cottage? Do we have a cottage? Don't we? Like all this money, like all this risk is just like sitting there. Um, the seller's lawyer and the agent, I am, I guess, called us and were stressing out a bit. So the other agent, when she called me, um, was basically just like, listen, like we really have to be professionals here and we have to get the job done. I'm like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> closing was yesterday. You might've seen the six missed calls you had from me. Like, I realize we have to be professional. Like, that's why I was calling you. I'm like, but and you have to understand like at this point now we have the leverage because we didn't close and like the sellers don't have our money so i'm like i, I was i was in shock like how i don't understand how you can call me and say this but anyways we we talked a little bit and i just said like look like we're not accepting the property management company agreement we can't um on top of that like you there were just, there were things, you know, with the property that we were supposed to fix ahead of time that they didn't allow us to fix. Like, so there's that. And you don't own the waterfront. So we need a, com like, we need compensation for this. It can't just be, like, sweep it under the rug and just expect us to go away. Like, that's not okay. So for six days, okay, we played real estate roulette and went back and forth and, you know, had to really be firm in what we were asking for. And finally, they agreed to compensate us for the shoreline, and we closed! <laughs> Yay! So it was a bit of a muted celebration, <laughs> but we were like, oh. 
it's like that song it's a cold and it's a broken alleluia i was just like alleluia okay it's over like we don't have to deal with this anymore because it was just stressful i was like oh my gosh um so yeah we're closed cottage is purchased it's ours we did our little like you know happy dance i guess but we're also just like what did we get ourselves into and you know we got the sixteen thousand dollars for the shoreline so for that we were like good you know like good at least now we can purchase it on our own terms and uh we have the money to do that instead of like having to raise that money like through our rental income and then put it aside and then purchase it you know like honestly was not what we wanted to do with that money so good um but yeah so it closed on a friday and we had no plan because we didn't even know it was closing but i knew that we did not have renters anymore and that was terrifying because it was like july 2nd that we closed and we didn't have any renters so that means that we are on the hook for all the fees all the maintenance and the mortgage and the taxes on july 2nd so we're like we need to get to work and um we really just had like a little stash of things like that we had put aside like we went to ikea and like got a couple things and put it in the in the garage but we had never really spent time there on our last visit uh renters had showed up within five minutes of us being at the property so we didn't even have time to like check it out and be like do they have a strainer do they have like an orange slicer like do you have a coffee maker like we didn't know anything so it was like what do we buy <laughs> like I don't know so we just bought like a couple plants and like a few pictures and just like stuff like that so anyways there we were Friday night packing the car and leaving to go to the cottage to get it ready for rentals um and we had our baby with us so that was kind of a crazy like I, like we didn't know what to expect we're like okay we have leo he's gonna wake up at 5 a.m what time are we gonna go to bed at like it was just all very stressful and we didn't have any food so leo was the only one that actually had food that week okay so um on this day we went up and when we got there, we realized that um, that we needed to know who actually serviced the property. Who are the cleaners? Who are the property management people? Who cut the grass? And the day that we went up to see the property um, for the first time was just so happened to be the day that this guy, Kyle, was there who told us that he was the grass cutter. So we're like, oh amazing like I knew that I wanted this property so I was like well we're gonna be the new owners and like la 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 and he's like oh great that's exciting like have you already bought I was like no no we haven't put the offer in yet but we're just very hopeful so I was like okay Kyle like we got you so we got Kyle's information then it was like the cleaners so when we got to the cottage I guess because they were expecting like a turnover and the cleaning the cleaners were there so we're like thank god but they didn't do a full clean. They just basically cleaned like the surfaces and they left all the linens dirty, like in the laundry room, which was a big headache in the end, but I didn't realize how big of a headache because I didn't realize how many beds there were at the time um, or how much work it would be to change the sheets on 10 beds. <laughs> but I learned quickly. So we got the cleaners. So we're like, okay, check, check. Like these little things are like falling into place. Um, and we open the door, we go in 
and we just start like exploring. So we put Leo to bed because it was nighttime by this by this time. It takes two and a half hours to just like drive up there. So we put him to bed and then we're like, let's get to work. So um, Matt was like in charge of all the locks. Like he was going to change all the locks because we're like, what if these people come back for their stuff? Like what if this and that? Like scary. Um, and we had installed a camera. So he was like doing all of that. And then I just like got to work on like getting the paint ready because we knew we wanted to like repaint just the like kitchen and repaint um, some of the walls downstairs. I don't even know honestly how we got so much done um, in one night. But luckily my parents said that they would come the next day uh, at least to like help out wherever they could. And they said that... Um, my mom would take care of Leo. Then my aunt and my uncle and my cousin, Kelsey, Andy, Christina, Uncle Brian and Kelsey, they all said that they would come up the Sunday. So I'm like, it was honestly like a miracle. I couldn't believe that they actually agreed to do this because it was just honestly kind of wild. Um, but they agreed to come up, got to work. Um, as it turned out, there was a lot of garbage that had been left behind um when we had gone some of the closets had been locked and so we put in our agreement that they would obviously leave them unlocked uh they would remove all locks from all the doors but they didn't so we had to like lock cut these locks off of the closet and then whatever was in there we had to like throw out and there was some stuff that we were not expecting like this is a nice cottage so if you haven't seen it before head over to my instagram it's at natalieweed underscore real estate or at Muskoka Village to check it out. Um, but they were able to hide quite a lot of stuff in there. And um, because the renters had been canceled, we had to like get this property ready for Monday. Like I'm talking, we got there on Friday and the property had to be ready for Monday because I booked the photography. Cause I'm like, we need to have professional photographer come in and take like the best pictures you've ever seen of a cottage. We need to have it perfectly ready by then. So yes, we had our work cut out for us. Uh, we literally just took one thing at a time on our checklist. When Leo woke up, like my attention shifted to him. And even though we barely slept the night before, we tried to make Leo's morning fun um, until my parents got there. And then when they got there, my mom took Leo so I could just hustle. My dad took the job of cleaning out the mice and droppings from the downstairs uh, closet. Uh, he did like 10 dump runs to just like get all this crap and all these like old, like just like garbagey things, you know, just stuff that like, I guess, build up over time when you own a place. Um, I, and so it was just so nice to like get all of that stuff out of there and actually be able to see the ground, which we hadn't know We didn't know because the closets were locked, right? And uh, Matt took care of changing all of his stuff. I repainted, um, we got everything just like cleaned up, I sanitized all the floors, like all the places where they had like garbage stacked inside, we just like cleaned all the floors in there. Um, we bought new pictures and got them all hung up and made it look like, you know, much nicer. We went to town, um, ordered a new washer and dryer. We changed all the batteries and all the fire detectors because we're like, who knows when they last were changed. We organized the kitchen. We threw out all the like weird things that there was like triples and quadruples of. Like 
Um, there were four milk jugs in the kitchen, you know, just taking up space. Like who needs four milk jugs? Like I definitely don't. So that was one thing that we did. Um, then the second day, so my aunt, my uncle, my cousin, they came up and they looked after Leo. Uh, my aunt, like an angel made us lunch because and we didn't have any food. <laughs> so we just had like Leo's stuff. So we all had like rations, which was really nice. Like she made a really nice lunch for us. Um, and they helped us just organize the kitchen. My Uncle Brian helped us clean out the games room because like, okay, you're in cottage country. If you leave the garage door open, even the slightest bit, animals get in like chipmunks, squirrels, like real animals, like not just little tiny field mice, but like animals. Right. So he, um, cleaned up the entire garage, which was so amazing of him. And so, yeah, I mean, like, having your team help you if you decide to take on something like this is really important. Uh, on the Sunday after my aunt and uncle left, uh, Matt went to town for, like, the hundredth time because going to town is, like, an excursion, okay? You're not just, like, going to town how you might be used to taking 10 minutes or 15 minutes. For me, it's 35 minutes at least to get to one store. Then you have to walk around and find your stuff because it's all new to you. Then you come home. So like you're looking at like a two hour drive once once you set out, right? So me and Leo were at the cottage while Matt did another trip. And I just felt like my bones were so tired. Like I've never been that tired in my life. It was just go, 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 go the entire time. Um, but Leo was so happy. Like he was thrilled. He's like, look at the lake I have. Look at the lake. They left these like little toys there. Look at my toys. You know, he was having the time of his life. He had no idea. And he thought it was so cool that so many people were there to like take care of him. So amazing. Um, but I decided to take him down to the water because it's summer, right? It's July. And we had such a nice weekend. It was like a beautiful long weekend um and i was just like let's just let's go let's go check this out and we never swam in the water so like technically i really didn't know if it was good swimming like were there weeds were there like all these zebra mussels like i didn't know anything so i brought his swim stuff with me his little swim diapers and his bathing suits and he was so excited so he like ran down to the water so happy that I barely even had time to like take off his clothes before he ran in. I'm like, we have shortage of clothes. <laughs> like, make sure you don't let these ones get dirty. So there we were. I was in my shorts and my tank top and Leo was just floating around naked. <laughs> and I had the first like real moment. Um, the first moment where I looked back at the cottage and I looked at Leo just enjoying like the lake. Like his first time really just like not having a time a timeline on his time in the lake. Like he could stay there as long as he wanted because that was ours. And I just felt excited. I felt hopeful. I imagined all just the memories that we would have there together. And it was special because it kind of made it feel like everything we had been through might be worth it. And I say might because honestly, without knowing how the rental situation would go, I really didn't know if it would be worth it. Um, but standing there in that moment, feet in the water, looking back, just playing with Leo, I was like, you know what? I think it was worth it. And I think that it's only felt more and more worth all of the effort and the headache and 
the trauma <laughs> that we went through with it all. But I will talk more about that and why I feel like it's worth it in my next episodes. I'll tell you sort of uh, how the renting process has been and what we've been making per month and just some of the surprises that we've had because I remember when we first bought this place, I reached out to a friend who hasn't, a couple Airbnbs actually, has two, to see just like what they could tell me, like what am I in for, what's ahead of me? And I didn't understand half the things he was saying really because you don't know what you don't know, right? So when he was saying to me like, well, you're gonna need this, you're gonna need that, I'm like, but why? Like, I thought people just go, they rent, they leave, like, what else do you need? But there's actually a lot more to it than that. So um, we've had the pleasure of having some really incredible people stay with us and we've had a lot of great reviews, which like, thank God, like honestly, getting your first couple reviews is slightly terrifying. It's um, it's fun because it's like, what did they say about me? But you're also like, oh my God, what did they say about me? And reading nice things when you've put so much effort, it makes you feel appreciated and it just makes this whole journey so worth it. But I will talk more about everything that we've been through in the next episode, part three of our Airbnb cottage series. And if you have any questions, please reach out. I would love to include stuff that you're actually interested in hearing about on the Airbnb process. I've had a lot of people since posting that we have an Airbnb reach out just saying like, you know, how do I do it? How do I start? Where are good locations? So if you have anything that you want me to talk about in our next episode, please let me know. We have now had 10 beautiful visitors come and stay with us. So I have lots to share and I will share it in our next episode. So until next time, bye.